Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, Brother Earnshaw will be reading a paper on the Chinese Grandmaster. Over to you. Thank you. Well, this talk may seem to be about just about Chinese history, but it also may have a bearing on Freemasonry. As I've written in my two books, Freemasonry Initiation by Light and Freemasonry Royal Arch, I believe that speculative Freemasonry was constructed in 1717 around a Chinese theme, that of Taoism. There have been three golden ages in Chinese history. The Zhou Dynasty, uh, which started in about 1046 BC to 256 BC. Then the Han Dynasty, 202 BC to 220 AD. And the more modern Ming Dynasty, uh, 1368 to 1644. Of these, the longest was the Zhou dynasty, lasting 790 years. To compare this to England, where the longest royal house was that of the Tudors, spanning 387 years, this is just as half as long as the dynasty of the Zhou. When the Romans invaded England in 43 AD, the country was still struggling with tribal conflicts, where, whereas 1,000 years before this date, the Zhou had established kingdoms and bureaucracies. During the Zhou dynasty, the running of the government was left up to the three most senior official, officials called the Three Excellencies. In its 790-year history, the Zhou had 37 kings. At this time, there was no emperor because the first emperor wasn't uh, uh, established until 221 BC. And he did this by unifying all these independent kingdoms in China. The kings of Zhou left the day-to-day -day running of government to these three officials, who were also dukes, and they helped administer the kingdom as regents especially if the kings were very young. The Zhou dynasty was famous for, among other things, classifying the population into four occupations. Firstly, Shi, the gentry, scholars and warriors at the top. Then Nong, the farmers and peasants. Next was Gong, the artisans and craftsmen. And finally, Shang, the uh, merchants and traders. This is a very Taoist way of thinking uh, because scholars were thought to be more important than merchants who were seen to grub for money all the time. Also, farmers had a higher status as they created the food that supported the economy. A second important fact about the Zhou was that both famous philosophers, Lao Tzu, and Confucius were born in this era. Lastly, and this may tie in with the theme of my book, Freemasonry Initiation by Light, the concepts of the mandate of heaven was created in the Zhou dynasty, and this may have had a strong effect on King James II in England. Like the Han dynasty, 
the Zhou dynasty was remembered in idealistic terms, so much so that when the Ming dynasty fell in 1644 and the turncoat, General Wu Sangui, declared himself the emperor of China, he called his spurious dynasty the Great Zhou Dynasty. The top three Zhou officials, the Three Excellencies, were titled the Grand Master, Tai Shi, the Grand Tutor, Tai Bo, and the Grand Protector, Tai Bao. In Chinese, Tai in the title means most senior or highest, uh, whereas in, Chinese, in Japanese, is, the character means thick or fat. The title Grand Master, as used in ancient China and Freemasonry, may have been just a coincidence, because later, during the fall of the Ming Dynasty, when the Tian De Hui in resistance groups were set up, creating lodges of three officer brothers with ceremonies and passwords similar to Freemasonry, the title of Grand Master was not reintroduced. Secondly, not all scholars agree on the English translations of many of these Chinese officials' ranks. Uh, there are at least five interpretations, and in later dates, the Grand Master was also called the Grand Preceptor and later the Grand Chamberlain. In England, there have been several examples of organizations using the title of Grand Master, with the earliest being the Templars from 1100 to 1314, with the last Grand Master being Jacques de Molay. Among operative Masons, there are several examples of the title of Grand Master. Uh, for example, Inigo Jones was called a Grand Master in a spurious document dated 1603. Uh, during the construction on the new St. Paul's Cathedral, which was started in 1675, the cornerstone was laid by Thomas Strong, who is said to have been an operative Grand Master. And finally, the Masonic author George Oliver also states that Sir Christopher Wren was Grand Master in 1685, which is also repeated in the Constitutions of Freemasons of 1723. Again, it's difficult to know how speculative Freemasonry was rebuilt in the early years, as no documentation survives. As I believe that speculative Freemasonry was constructed on a skeleton of operative masonry, adding Chinese Taoist lessons, it is quite possible that the new Freemasons chose the title of Grand Master for their organization based on the history of the Zhou dynasty, as it was appropriate to the Chinese theme of their new organization. Yes. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I, wasn't, I didn't know about Inigo Jones being called a Grand Master. That's very interesting. 1603, uh, you say? Yes. So there was a, a document, and it shows this. Um, it's about um, uh, basically the, um, what do they call it? The, <laughs> the, the belief system of an operative Masons. So um, what they believed and uh, what the rules were. And the title has 
uh, Inigo Jones's Grand Master. The problem is it has a square and compass on the document. Right. And the square and compass weren't introduced into Freemasonry until much later. So I think this document was um, edited or uh, changed, or it, the whole document itself may not be original. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Ren's another person to look into for anybody that needs, wants to do any further research. Yes. So um, the whole title of Grand Master. So in the government, uh, they had the Office of Works, and um, the senior person in the Office of Works, which was responsible for making streets and buildings and, and bridges, uh, he was called the Master Mason. There was nobody higher than the Master Mason. So mm. where Grand Master comes in is that's speculative. <laughs> that is also speculative. Yes, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you for that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. On that note, that, um, that brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email us on the link below. We now part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>